0: To the podcast, I am Corey, and I would like to welcome you all to a very special spooky season only special edition series, Brian and Corey's Spooky Corner. Say hello, Brian. Hello. That's Brian.
1: Yeah. And I'm Corey,
0: and we're gonna talk
1: spooks. Talking spookies. All right.
0: (laughs) So before we get into it, if you've listened to the Art History Babes for a while, you know we love spooky season. We love Halloween stuff. We love really connecting anything we can to spooky shit, like all about that. And also, if you've been with us for a while, you may have heard the episode I did with Brian on Velvet Buzzsaw. The Mm -hmm. Netflix horror flick that took place in the art world. And after recording that, we came up with this fun idea because Brian is kind of a horror film aficionado and fan of all things spooky as well.
1: Big fan of the spookies.
0: Yeah, we decided we're going to do a little four episode series of Brian and Corey's Spooky Corner. And each episode, we're going to break down a different spooky mythical creature and talk about it in relation to like film and art and just our general feelings and thoughts on the spookiness.
1: I love it. I love it. So we're starting the first episode by touching on some of my ancestral roots in the Irish world on Banshees, the Wailing Woman.
0: My ancestors too. I'm Irish. Did you know that? Mm, yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, we um we had a a campaign, an ad campaign with Ancestry DNA, and I like got my, oh, really? my yeah, <laughs> like, I got my actual ancestry
1: result. So how Irish are you?
0: I'm pretty Irish. Like it's a good amount. Like, there's a good chunk. It's pretty. Do
1: they give you, like, the percent? (laughs) Yeah. Do they break it down?
0: They do. I don't remember the exact percent, but they were able to pinpoint some of my Irish ancestry to this, like, coastal, rocky coastal mountainous area in Ireland where, like, outlaws fleeing, like, religious persecution basically, like, ran away to the hills in Ireland. And those are some of my ancestors. So...
1: Yeah, running for the hill. Running
0: for the hill. So I was hanging out. I was hanging, or, well, you know, my ancestral DNA was hanging out <laughs> in the spooky, rocky cliffs of uh, Ireland at one point with a bunch of outlaws, which I think is pretty badass. That's
1: wild. <laughs> they can even figure that I out. I
0: know. You want to know what else is crazy? We talked about this on an episode, but Ginny has ancestry from that same area. So, like, I know. So, like,
1: hate's bringing you together, right?
0: Like, our ancestors were probably outlaws together, and they also probably encountered a banshee or two.
1: Well, yeah, that's not uncommon in what I found in anomalous research on banshees. Should we just go into basically what they are and how they should You might be
0: wondering, what the heck is a banshee?
1: That's like a screaming ghost, right? Well, you're not wrong, it is. (laughs) It is more specifically a keening ghost, which I, in the research for banshees, I learned a lot about keening as well, which I was pretty ignorant on. Did you did you learn anything on this with your research?
0: I mean, I looked it up because I saw the word, and then I looked yeah. it up, and I was like, "Oh, that's a whole thing." But that's yeah, I didn't know whole anything about it. Thing, it's a
1: whole. It's it a, is a whole thing. It's whole. It's a uh, what it is. It's this ritualistic, basically mourning over the passing of somebody. It was done by just wailing, crying out during a funeral possession. And it was part of the whole funeral practice that it it was even a position that people would pay someone to do. You would pay a woman to come to the the the, not the wedding, the funeral, and wail and and ask questions and and basically interrogate. Why did you leave us? Why are you gone? Why have you left me alone? It's such a visceral... That is in. So Tense, intense, man. and it's such a. I mean, I have my own opinions on on funerals, how that happened on in the U.S. and what's normal. What what thing? One thing I was disappointed on when I finally went to a, a funeral of a loved one was how hands off it was. How how mm-hmm. little of a role I felt like I took a part in it without with by saying goodbye, and I thought, and my gosh, what a. Just something like this by actually like this catharsis of letting it out and actually wailing and asking these questions instead of just keeping it in is such a, I don't know, such a release of emotion that I, it sounds strange at first to say like, yeah, why would you pay for a woman to come and just fake cry at a wedding or not a wedding? I keep saying wedding. At a funeral? But I think that is it. I think that's part of the morning. It's very hands-on. It should be a, a tragedy to actually work through with your feelings. And that's something, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Like That's super interesting. And it's also kind of telling to me, you know, banshees are a creature from Irish mythology, and the keening thing is is a practice of Irish culture. And there's also kind of a, I guess... I don't know, cultural, like, stigma or whatever idea that, like, Irish people are very good at expressing their (laughs) feelings. I think there's a John Mulaney, like, joke where he talks about how, like, you just push them deep down inside and even talks about bury... Yes, exactly. Bury the boy. Bury the boy. Exactly. And that's real. I mean, I have a... I, I have a lot of a lot of Irishmen in my family like that's a very real thing it's just not like expressing your feelings and working through them in an expressive way is not a super common thing um, at least in like older generations of Irish culture and the idea of mm-hmm. outsourcing <laughs> your expression of grief is very interesting to me like I can't express it but I'm going to pay this person to come express it. So at least there's like,
1: because this, like some, some yeah, you know, this, is, it <laughs> sucks. And if, <laughs> if I can't do it, that doesn't mean it shouldn't it's, happen. So I gotta, I gotta find, I mean, I, yeah, it's wild. And I think that's, <laughs> it. It's,
0: I it's love that. Such a that. beautiful catharsis. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's rad. But anyway,
1: that brings us why? Why are you bring this up with banshees? So that's what a banshee is. She she's this this keening fairy, female ghost spirit, as you will.
0: Yeah, the word banshee actually translates to woman of the fairy mound or yes, fairy
1: woman that shows up that appears to family members of a, a soon to be dead relative. Right? Is that correct? That, it is, yes. it, that she is more of a messenger than a harbinger of death. She's a messenger that comes and you know cries out for uh, Keens, as we just covered, than lamenting the death of somebody. So as spooky as she is to see, because I'd be terrified to see a screaming, wailing ghost of a woman, if you ever saw one, the good news is you are never in danger because she never appears to the ones who are about to die. She only appears to the family members, so... I guess that's the bad news if you do see her. <laughs> <That> yeah. <laughs> you're safe, but your family members might not be. But uh, yeah, I think that's, that's fascinating that, and maybe that's why what we'll, we'll talk about with her, how she's shown up in popular culture, how this is such a signature, unique spirit. In like the you know the ghost mm-hmm. pantheon, why isn't she more prevalent? I think it's because she's very hands off. She's not bringer of death. She's not a you know a sinister ghost as in most cases. She's she's more of just a like I said a messenger. She's just bringing the news that it's going to happen, and that's what it is.
0: Yeah, definitely. And there have been, I mean, if you research it, you'll find kind of different interpretations of this and like different examples right. of this, and some of them are. I guess you would say more vicious or more scary like there there are tales and like ways in which the banshee figure has been molded into something that is more malicious and more like is coming for you and your family and yeah. but but really in its at its roots is yeah, it's this female spirit who heralds the death of family members by shrieking. There are even, and we'll we'll talk about this a little bit more. But there's a few examples in art. There's one painting in particular called uh, La Belle Dame Sans Merci. The Banshee by Henry Ream. It's very fantastical and like very kind of soft. Like she does it. The Banshee in this image does not look scary at all. It's very soft and yeah, it doesn't, it's not even frightening Um, really. No. So there's a, there's a whole spectrum, I guess, of how the Banshee can be interpreted. And I think, yeah, when you move into popular culture, the concept of a female ghost spirit, just wailing and like screeching, mm. Intensely has like that has kind of been taken from this mythology and then just, you know, placed on figures for the sake of a scare for the sake yeah. of being a scary figure in a horror movie or a ghost story.
1: Well, I mean, it is a scary thing too, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. the that, which I guess one example, we'll get more into how she's shown up in other pop cultures. But one example is if you've read the Harry Potter books, there was a Banshee that showed up in the third book when Professor Lupin was teaching all the kids about the Boggart, the Bogart, the Boggart, and Seamus Finnegan, when he opened the door, A banshee came out, which tells so sad, so much about Seamus Finnegan that his greatest fear is not so much a banshee, but losing a family member.
0: Oh, man, that's so
1: sad. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's just brilliant literature, though. Like,
1: I, come on, here we go.
0: Yeah. She is so smart when it comes to shit like that. I remember talking to one of our undergraduate professors about harry potter and how like the endless amount of mythology and things that are, come into play in that series of books is is just unreal like all the little things that as a child reading those books you're just like this is just a story it actually like has these really brilliant connections to ancient culture and the entire development of literature and myth, like over time, which is, I think, you know, what makes those books so amazing. It's not necessarily just that it's a story about some kids that are witches, but it Connects to the history of story and like mythology in so many ways. Like, I don't even remember that scene that you're talking about, but that's so brilliant, you know? <laughs>
1: like, and it's not, yeah, and it's not even addressed any further than that. I mean, just the implication of a banshee being. Seamus Finnegan, an Irish, you know, mm-hmm. uh, student at Hogwarts. That that's the thing he'd be scared of. You know, I remember reading the book, and until I did this research, I never thought anything of it. Like, oh, banshee is scary. Yeah, it's a scary ghost. I'd probably be scared of that too. <laughs> but now, like realizing what you know, what actually a banshee signifies and actually is 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 my gosh, layers. Ooh, J.K. Rowling, it's
0: like an onion. It.
1: It's like an onion. Or Parfait. Um,
0: <laughs> ever, meet, ever meet anyone? They're like, no, I don't like no Parfait. Everybody loves <laughs> Parfait.
1: parfait. parfait <laughs> <delicious>. <laughs> and that's us uh, talking Shrek. Um, <laughs>
0: that's going to be the next series. Talkin talking Shrek. Talking
1: Shrek. Right after talking Banshees, talking Shrek. Um, <gasps> back to Banshees, though, you were mentioning the painting of how, yeah, that she does appear in different ways. Eh? That This painting that I am looking at, I'm sure there, there seems to be a lot of variations, but she's red-haired fair woman that's not scary. Yeah, it seems to be the interpretation of the Banshee seems to also be correlated to just your interpretation of death on its way you know that Mm -hmm. like to as a natural part of life and as a thing that happens to all and if it's a sad but but sweet thing it it will present itself in that way and this is me making some leaps but just how i've been interpreting it and to others it feels like another interpretations where she's been described as like an old hag with like gray hair and wrinkled angry eyes be to other people how they see death as this unfair scary thing Mm
0: -hmm. yeah yeah Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the description, like what a Banshee typically looks like in Irish mythology. And then we can talk about some of the art and some of like the yeah pop culture references. We have returned. Hope you enjoyed that message from our sponsors. Uh, we're talking Banshees. Talking
1: Banshees. Here we go. Round two.
0: <laughs> Round two. Let's do it. All right. What's next? What else do we got? description should we talk about
1: description yeah we got bit? a little bit into that it she's can be seen as i mean it's it varies right she can be seen as a young fair woman with red or white hair that can be seen wailing crying wringing the hands keening as we described but i've also seen her appearing as an older woman in a thin cloak mm-hmm. wrinkled sinister sort of looking that's i think that's the more mainstream opinion of the banshee is the you know wailing screaming angry woman ghost
0: yeah definitely
1: and i also saw there was i don't know if you saw but it's a celtic it's not specifically irish uh, but there's a scottish i guess variation of the banshee Mm -hmm. that can be seen instead of seeing she isn't seen wailing or, or screaming she's seen down by a river washing bloody garments Usually just this Ooh. the same as, as the keening symbolized, you know, the, the wailing of a death of a family member. This one was more before a battle A Banshee was seen washing bloody clothing. It usually signified there was a loved one that wouldn't make it through the battle.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Some other potential descriptive factors that come into play so like you said like long streaming hair sometimes red one thing that stuck out to me is that a banshee's eyes are often red from weeping
1: Mm, yeah yeah and it's that's funny how that's probably got construed throughout the retellings of the story that the red meant evil Mm -hmm. whereas red probably originally just meant weeping
0: yeah just crying lots of crying lots of lamenting just yeah just going for it do you want to talk about some of these fun art historical examples I found?
1: I'd love to, more than anything. Let's do it.
0: <laughs> more than anything in the entire world.
1: This is it. This is all I'm here for today.
0: Um, the first one I me- kind of mentioned already was La Belle Dame Sans Merci, The Banshee, 1897 by Henry Reem. Yeah. And this one, I mean, like, if I looked at this painting, I would never guess it was a banshee like, ever. Like, she's got this kind of red hair, she's got this crown thing, pink dress, just the colors in the image, and they're in the forest, and it's just very, like, I think fairy, for sure, but I wouldn't jump to Banshee. But there is a knight on the ground who appears to likely be dying. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm guessing dead. that's Yeah. Yeah, I'm guessing that's where the banshee association comes from. Mhm. But yeah, it's a beautiful painting, but I don't think I would look at this and ever think like, oh, shoot, that's a banshee. And
1: it's she's not alone back there, too. I, I would associate one of the spectral ghosts in the background to be, mm-hmm. which they are not. I mean, even in this one, she doesn't seem to be keening. She doesn't seem to be wailing. She just appears. But her presence is all it takes that's
0: all that's all it takes guys
1: it's all it takes she's bringing the bad news she's not doing it she's not the sinister person <laughs> she's just you know like she's the postmates of it she's you know <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah don't get mad at the uber eats yeah. <laughs> it's the restaurant's fault is
0: that the modern day don't kill the messenger <laughs> yeah don't get mad Maybe. at the uber eats <laughs>
1: Yeah, (laughs) that's it.
0: Oh, that's great. Yeah. And then, so the second one I'm excited to talk about is a contemporary example of using the Banshee in art. And it is uh, from Kiki Smith, 1991. It's called Banshee Pearls. And it Uh is a series of 12 lithographs that are actually self-portraits and- They are assembled together. They're able to be separated, so the actual like order in which they are assembled is not fixed. She wanted it so you could kind of switch up the order if if you uh, felt necessary. But they are twelve self portraits, and then there are also images of skulls, masks, beasts, and just like spooky spooky imagery, like sporadically throughout. The I guess you could kind of say it's like a collage. Yeah,
1: I I get that collage, especially seeing them all together on this tiled form.
0: Yeah, it feels feels collage-esque. And in reading about this work, apparently Kiki Smith's father once called her a banshee in high school. After that, young Kiki Smith began thinking of herself as some sort of death figure. Mm. and that's what she's trying to like explore and express with this work
1: i tell you what this is spooky to look at this is is all monochromatic it's all very abrasive with its cuts you know and in its drips and it's wow yeah it's it definitely invokes a sort of anxious (laughs) feeling yeah
0: yeah 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 definitely yeah Yeah, no i mean it's it's very early, like, I think a lot of early 90s grunge aesthetic, definitely. Yep. Yeah, that grungy, like, handmade collage type feel that's kind of freaky, like, meant to express heavy things like death and also being mad at your dad for calling you a banshee, yep. you know? <laughs> Got that whole feeling. For sure, I really like yeah. this though. I think it's a really interesting piece. For sure,
1: it's got a sort of feeling of I don't know if you're familiar with Dave McKean. He's he does a lot of he did all the covers to the the Sandman uh, series by Neil no oh. Gaiman. But this is this feels like a a cousin to his illustrations. Interesting, void of all color and fun, by the way. But but still, <laughs> in the, in the, the style it's very very uh, signature, I think.
0: And then the last one I have is actually it's going to be like the first image that pops up if you Google Banshee. It's like on the Wikipedia page, but it is the Bunworth Banshee, and it's from a book of of legends called Fairy Legends and Traditions of the South of Ireland Mm -hmm. by Thomas Crofton Crocker, 1825. And it has illustrations along with these legends and this is the illustration that accompanies the Banshee. And I feel like there's I mean, there's a reason that this image is like on the Wikipedia page of, you know, the images we've been able to find of Banshees. I think it does the best job of wrapping up As many of those characteristics as possible, it kind of hits the big ones. I mean, this is obviously this image is like a spooky image Mm -hmm. of this cloaked woman in there's like the moon in the background and she seems to be by like a shore. There's a sketched kind of creepy tree branch above her. And I mean, she looks scared. She looks unhappy. Yeah, She, she looks like yeah. she's probably been crying for a long time. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I would also make that assumption. She's bent over. She's in a very... Yeah, hunched position. She does not look scary. I think the first pass at it, you're like, ooh, this is like a cloaked woman under a, like a spooky tree and a lake and a castle in the background. You're like, this is a Halloween picture. But then you get a closer look (laughs) at her face and it's, it's not angry. It's sad. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, um, oh yeah. her, Her hands are even folded in like a prayer sense of like almost like a pleading sort of way.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So she's she's not having a good time.
1: That's for sure. No. And that's very characteristic of the Banshee. because She's keening. These are great. These pictures are also awesome. And I love how different they are from each other. Like I, just the contrast between the first one uh, with all the colors and the lush and the spirits and the, the, the beauty of the Banshee in contrast to like a modern day monochromatic, like angsty sort of interpretation of it.
0: Yeah, definitely. And if you want to see these images, we'll have a link to them up on our website for you. So just hit arthistorybabes.com, go to the podcast page, and you can see the images we're talking about. I enter promo code. Because the code internet.
1: Banshees.
0: <laughs> and did you say enter promo code Banshees? Yeah, it's my
1: first broadcast. I feel like it's, it's always, <laughs> it always feels like it's part of it. Enter promo code XXX Banshees. <laughs> That'd Google be such that, a good,
0: that'd be such a good promo code though. <laughs> Banshees, um, Talking all right. Banshees. So yeah, my Talking turn. Banshees.
1: My turn. I want to talk yeah, about you, pop your culture. Turn. Yeah, I'll, I'll say it. I'll start off by saying I was a little disappointed by how little she's shown up. I feel like in modern day pop culture, thinking like Banshee, that's such a signature ghost. What kind of spooky movies are out there? Where is she shown up? That's like been pretty noteworthy and not much. And I think it's what I mentioned earlier, how very hands-off she is. She's not the cause. She's not. She's a very passive figure instead of an active participant in someone's passing. The examples that I found are, well, we'll start with the big ones, like the animated movie Scooby-Doo Abracadabra-Doo. There was a Banshee in that one. (laughs) Classic. (laughs) Classic. We all remember this movie. I mentioned the Harry Potter. There was a Supernatural season 11 episode with a Banshee in it there didn't
0: we like marathon supernatural together oh yeah
1: we did it's great
0: yeah <laughs> have you watched it since then no
1: it's still going though i and i i applaud them <laughs> like, for keeping it That's going
0: absurd i love it i, love it.
1: I guess maybe it, it, I know. yeah i mean hot take i guess it i love the x files but it definitely kind of lost its way with i thought with this smoking man sort of and it got away from the creature feature of the week, which made it really cool. And I think Supernatural did not do that. Maybe, I mean, it gets a little heaven and hell <laughs> demons and angels and all that, but it also sticks to the creature feature, which is so great. We just want, oh, yeah. we just want weekly spookies. Come on.
0: I know. I think they come back from hell like 12 times. Like,
1: <laughs> <Who hasn't, though? laughs> like it's just, you know, uh, like, I- <laughs>
0: True that, my it's friend. Tough out True out there right that. Now. Yeah, maybe I'll watch Supernatural after this, just to like get nostalgic. You could,
1: or you could watch the 19 what year was this 1959 Walt Disney film, Darby O'Gill and the Little People. It was a Irish <laughs> uh, Disney movie, live action, featuring a young Sean Connery, which I sadly wow. did I had no idea this movie even existed, but. Uh, it has a following. People love it. And I think it's probably just because I was not alive uh, earlier than 1990. But um, <laughs> it, yeah, it, it features leprechauns. It features a banshee. And the clip that I saw of the banshee is rather spooky. She's a very spectral, cloaked figure. In the movie, she looks like a like a blue Dementor, if for comparison's sake. And that's that's another example of a banshee showing up. But more modern day, they're, if taking it out of film and TV... There was, just on Broadway here this last year, a show called The Ferryman by Jeb Butterworth, and it featured an Irish family during the IRA hunger strikes, struggling with with how much to engage or not engage with the awful troubles that were happening then. But there is a monologue in there that prominently features Banshees, and using Banshee imagery to express the sort of magnitude of the loss the irish people had had there's one image that she's talking about in this monologue about how her love had died in this war and she was with her sister and she saw that they were in this field and they weren't alone there was thousands of banshees around them especially after doing this research doing seeing the show and hearing this monologue it's such a haunting harrowing sort of Experience hearing the story of the banshees, but then learning that banshees are their messengers of like a specific death. So seeing a mm-hmm. field of thousands of banshees is such an image of like, wow, oh shit, there's there is a um, mega death. Mega death. In all of the pop culture uses of the banshee that I looked into, I thought that one rang the truest because I think that was truest to what it, its intent was. It, it, this this sad sort of messenger yeah rather than a screaming spooky ghost
0: yeah definitely because i can't think of like specific examples but i know for a fact that i have watched many a you know spooky show or horror movie that has included Yeah, just a female ghost that pops up and screams at you. And I think there's some connection to the Banshee there, but...
1: Yeah, I think they're using the imagery, but without using the actual origin of it was, right? Yeah, yeah, Um, exactly. Which uh, also, it's interesting, uh, I don't know, just how we can trace different folklore legends back to, they kind of piecemeal back together. Well, we took this from this, we took this image from this, or we took this meaning from this. That I think is so fascinating with you know spooky imagery and folklore in general totally
0: the way humans try to make sense of their fear is infinitely fascinating
1: (laughs) yeah i had a i have a banshee story to share
0: Ooh, ooh.
1: yeah i okay disclaimer i've never seen a banshee okay (laughs) (laughs) i'm
0: just gonna say did you meet a banshee Yeah, yeah, we're we're best buds. Uh,
1: no, we. Uh, I come from a very Irish family on my father's side, and my grandmother in in particular is a spooky woman. Not she does She's not a you know big fan of Halloween, but she always is finding little signs that she's like 100 percent sure. This is what this is. This is means this. I found this golf ball in the in the pocket of a you know pants. That's of course it's a sign for this. You know, it's a lot of this. But I grew up with that and thinking, yeah, of course, that's that's what exactly what that is. It's it's this comfort that we have as as human beings of so why why we tell ghost stories is there's this comfort of knowing that there is actually something that loved ones aren't gone. They're they're still there. They're just somewhere else. You know, bringing it back to banshees. A few months ago, it was like late at night. I heard like a big knock at the door, and I got up and I went to the door and I came back and my girlfriend asked, "What are you doing?" I was like, "There's someone was knocking at the door." She was like, "No, there wasn't." And I'm positive I heard this knock at the door. Fast forward a few months later, I learned that there is this—I guess not a tradition, but there's this this thing in my family where if loved ones pass a few days before. Other family members will hear a knock, and I had never known this. This is this is all news. I was just telling this to my stepmother. Oh, this is a kind of weird thing that happened the other night, and she got all weird and got all quiet about it. And she explained that well, actually, uh, around that time, your great uncle had passed. She then she went on this whole story and opened this whole door of superstition that I had never. Known was part of my family that when my pat father passed a few years ago, my cousin heard a knock and so forth. There's all these different stories of people hearing these knocks beforehand, and so they're not banshees, but it's still the the knocks. I feel like is exactly what the purpose of the banshee was: with this this warning, this message that hey, something's coming it it's not direct it's not like the banshees don't show up and go your prayer your father's going to die it's it's not <laughs> she's a wailing screaming woman um and so in that way i feel like this is a this is a spooky real life thing that happened to me that i feel like is along those lines as well
0: man that just that just gave me
1: hella chills dude that's that is a spooky story and who knows maybe no one actually did <laughs> knock at the door i'm just saying like i swear i heard a knock at that door and then i i t- in passing told my family and then learned this oh, whole thing that my family so has so
0: interesting that's so interesting wow
1: yeah have you ever seen a banshee have you ever heard any knocks? <laughs> we want to know we want to know call in 1-800-TALKING-BANSHEES <laughs> Promo code Banshees. um, And we're brought to you by uh, Banshees are uh, us. uh, Uh, (laughs) Banshees are us. Oh
0: my God. (laughs) But that's, oh my God, that's so interesting. Do you ever listen to the Spooked podcast?
1: No. What's that podcast?
0: What? It's called Spooked. It's called Spooked. Right okay. after we get off this call, you need to look it up immediately. Spooked. It is Spooked. It's amazing. It's I think on the 3rd season and okay. they're ghost they're real life ghost stories. Like they talk to people and they tell their stories and it's really well done and you should probably go on the show and talk about your knocks. Yeah.
1: Spooky. Spooky. We're talking spookies. We're
0: talking spookies. But that's so interesting. Thank you for sharing that anecdote because I'm spooked.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we're in the spooky season. I know. It is the beginning of September. We're there.
0: Oh, my God. Didn't even say anything at the beginning of this episode. Happy Friday the 13th full harvest moon, my friend.
1: Oh, this is it i know what what a coincidence what a beautiful spooky day that we get the harvest moon on a friday the 13th dude oh man the next
0: full moon on a friday the 13th isn't supposed to happen for like 30 years
1: so get them while they're hot everybody get all those spookies uh turn on uh well if you're hearing this uh, you probably missed it but i am gonna go on a movie marathon you're gonna know, plug in those Friday the 13th movies. Oh. Part six is still the best one. I don't know what you're going to do. Are you going to watch Over the Garden Wall again?
0: Probably. Uh, <laughs> I watch it like once a week. So Yeah. Ain't that
1: just Over, the way.
0: Ain't that just the way. Over the Garden Wall is so good. I know I've talked to multiple people today already. I talked to my cousin and I talked to Natalie about how we feel an urge to like get naked and like bask in the moonlight, like either g- go skinny dipping uh-huh. or like go streaking or something. Right. I don't know why that's such a common urge to like full moon Friday the 13th. I want to be naked. Oh, full Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. I want to be naked and I want to dance in the moonlight. So that might happen. I don't know. live
1: deliciously as it would be, right?
0: (laughs) Yes, as it were. Exactly. As it
1: were. (laughs) Philip Philip the goat. Oh, Philip. Um, Have you seen The Witch? You should see
0: The Witch. I'm so glad you brought that up because we have brought up The Witch on this podcast more times than anything, it's a hell I know. A good movie. Anytime anything re- remotely reminds us, it's like, oh man, the witch.
1: Man, the, the witch, witch is so good. Lived it, deliciously is, with it is. It is one of Philip. my
0: favorite spooky movies, hands down, easily. I love the witch.
1: Well, go watch the witch because sadly, there are no banshee movies that feature the banshee. Because I guess money screenwriters would probably already figured this out. That I'm just <laughs> not figuring it out. How do you make a movie about a very passive thing? You know, like we're gonna follow the day in the life of a banshee. Just the nine to five <laughs> crying and wailing and saying, Dude, your 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 sister's gonna die. I'm like, well fuck. I know, don't don't shoot the messenger. And then she goes on to the next that one. That sounds
0: like a challenge to me to someone out there who needs to write a screenplay about the Banshee and make it make it good, make it
1: spooky. Make it spooky.
0: This was episode one of uh, Corey and Brian's Spooky Corner. Hope you enjoyed. And what are we talking about next week, Brian? Are we talking?
1: We're talking Wendigo.
0: Oh, the Wendigo. Yes. The
1: Wendigo. (laughs) Yes. Here to the woods. Spooky cannibal beast. That spirit that God. is
0: definitely one I learned about from Supernatural. I remember that episode. I remember the the Wendigo. Yeah, the Wendigo episode. I remember being like what is this thing? And then I also I just reread the first collection of scary stories to tell in the dark.
1: Hell yeah, you did. I
0: did. There's a story about the Wendigo in it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that's because gonna... all those stories
1: are based on folklore.
0: Oh, I know. It's so yeah, and all, like. I this is something that child Corey didn't appreciate, but obviously adult nerd Corey appreciates is like the like bibliography basically the references are legit in oh, the back of that book. Oh yeah. There's
1: <laughs> like yeah, like fifty pages of like, yeah, this is actually where all these came from. Yeah, and then, you know, oh man, and then your world opens up.
0: It really yeah. does. It tells you exactly where the story like originated. It's yeah. So if you haven't checked out the references for scary stories to tell in the dark, you gotta check that out because there is good information back there. Good stuff. Good stuff. But yeah, so we will see you all for more spooks. And we're going to be talking. If you don't know what a Wendigo is, well, just 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 wait. Just wait. Give Stay it a minute. Tuned. Just give it a minute.
1: It a second. <laughs> you can wait. Gosh, she's going to be there forever. Is like a spirit guy.
0: <laughs> just give oh, it a minute, man. and then we'll tell you. Okay? But um, hope you enjoyed our episode on Banshees. Thanks for hanging out with me, Brian, and talking about scary stuff.
1: Talking Banshees.
0: Talking Banshees. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Lovely listeners. We'll catch you next time. I'm a be goddamn actor.
1: About I'm <laughs> a performer. Sorry. I'm going to use my body as an instrument and a temple. I'm going to use it. I'm going to project to the back of the room like this is my one man show and you're on the phone.